Bigfoot Society would like to thank the following sponsors for helping make the podcast possible. The Singular Fortean Society has combined open and honest paranormal investigation and journalism since 2016. Visit the Society at Singular Fortean for all the latest weird news and more. Come with us and investigate the impossible. Lauren Smith is the hostess for Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio, which has been on air for over a decade and has completed over 300 shows. Lauren brings with her a unique viewpoint given that she is not only the daughter of one of the veteran female Bigfoot researchers in the South, but she has been conducting field research since she was a preteen some 20 years ago. Nightcallers is a Bigfoot world favorite and along with interviewing researchers and witnesses often features interviews with guests from the documentary film and entertainment industry. Lauren also does a vidcast segment called Nightcallers which features real encounters sent in by viewers. You can find all of this and more at nightcallersproductions.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Bigfoot Society Podcast. I have a great interview for you tonight, or this afternoon, or this morning, depending on where you, when you're listening to this, that uh, I have the privilege of talking with my friend Ashley Hilt, or Ashers. Uh, such a just fun, fun chat conversation, talk about everything from uh, upcoming Mothman documentaries to chats with uh, a relative of Indrid Cold or some relation, or, or perhaps uh, talking about Bigfoot in Ohio, or maybe even uh, Dogman in the land between the lakes area of Kentucky. This interview chat goes all over the place, and uh, you're really going to like it. So, sit back, relax get something to uh, drink, maybe some eggnog if you're in the holiday mood, and maybe some gingerbread houses if you've made some already. Maybe I'm pushing it too much because we're not to uh, the 25th yet, but uh, however you would like to listen, go ahead and uh, prepare yourself for my chat with Ashley Hilt or Asher's. All right, welcome everyone to Bigfoot Society live on YouTube and a welcome to all of our listeners on uh, podcast, podcast land as well. Uh, thank you for, for ch- timing or uh, for listening in. Uh, we got a lot of people in the audience tonight. I want to shout out a few. We got uh, Bigfoot Anonymous hanging out here. We got Hey Strangeness. We got Jordan Heath. Yes, psyched for this. And we got Monster Radio showing some love for Asher's. It's going to be good. It is. We got Mr. Greg Morrow Bonjour from All Dot The Dot Weird. It's going to be a, a fun time. But of course, uh, guest tonight is a, a friend of probably, probably most people have, have heard of uh, this guest. Um, and you may know her uh, by Asher's, by Ashley. Uh, Hilt, but uh, Ashley is Asher's is a Fortean investigator and uh, a big fan of her of hers. So uh, without further ado, but I also do want to tease the um, the next coming up interview. We've got uh, Mr. Kit Morrill. If you're into Bigfoot, then you've heard of Kit Morrill. Uh, he's kind of a big deal, uh, <laughs> which is you know it's it's. He is a big deal. So looking forward to that. But without further ado, 
Uh, let's bring my friend Asher's on to the interview. And um, oh, for people that are new, uh, I'll, I'll be talking with Asher's for a bit. And but if you have any questions, definitely feel free to put those in the comments. Uh, make sure you put question before your question, so I know how you know. So I know it's a question easily. And um, then I'll start bringing in audience questions about uh, a little bit into the interview, maybe about half an hour in. We'll see. But at this time, I'm going to bring in Asher's. And hello, Asher's. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? Doing good. So nice to. Well, it's it's nice, and it's so interesting to actually talk <laughs> and actually see someone. I know, right? I know. Uh, Jeremiah and I have been talking for what the past year on, on Clubhouse, and I think this is the first time we've like sat down in this kind of interface. So it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to to think that I started the whole Clubhouse thing last December. Actually, uh, yeah. is when I started the big push to get an account, and then uh, kind of uh, did the whole Nick Fury thing and tried to be like, "Hey, you should random." Uh, paranormal Bigfoot person, you should come on this and check it out. And what's your phone number? <laughs> <laughs> it worked though. It worked, yeah. And then, um, and then, uh, the community has been doing some good stuff. Uh, people like our friend Greg with Cryptocasters is just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Aaron from Hey Stranger says, "Hey, this interview will be the soundtrack to my drive." <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, that's awesome. Um, so. Actually, let's start with this. Sure. So if people don't know who you are, um, I liked, well, how about I will say how I met you first. So sure. I remember it was a, a clubhouse uh, audio room and uh, one of one of our acquaintances brought you in and mm -hmm. I was just right off the bat. I was like, wow, Asher's knows her stuff. And I remember like you, you even had shared something about the van meter visitor. And I was yeah. like, holy mackerel, like that's probably the best summary of that event outside of Chad Lewis. Yeah. If I said it was better than Chad Lewis, I'd be kicked out well, of van meter, but you know, it's really well. good. <laughs> that was, well, that's what Sarah, Sarah <laughs> Cooper had invited me to come, which is the American Snallygaster Museum. Exactly. Um, she had invited me to come in the clubhouse and I, you know, it was like, um, it was like pick your f most favorite obscure oh yeah 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 yep. or something like that and so i did <clears throat> meet her and uh she was like oh my god she was like jeremiah is freaking out right now <laughs> yeah it was it was solid it was solid um so you are uh, uh would you call yourself a 14 investigator yeah i mean that definitely you know i'm I, i'm that first i'm an investigator first um, so I'm, I'm out there doing the field research and interviewing the witnesses and things like that. Um, you know, and then lots of book reading, um, but nobody pays us to do this. So I'm also True. kind of an entertainer in a way, um, which, okay. you know, I, I, I don't know. I haven't like picked the right word to really summarize that yet. Cause I feel like none of it really, it feels comfortable because I, I, I don't want to take away the credibility of the science, but um, you know, I also, I have a podcast on Wednesdays. We talk weird, Definitely. um, you know, which I've, I've just kind of did to kind of just get my feet wet and get out there and, you know, lo and behold, people really like it. So, mm -hmm. um, and then of course I'm a documentary filmmaker, um, because I feel like that that's the best way to connect with people and get the information out there. Um, you know, working on the sinking the Mothman documentary, 
totally. um, which will be out in the fall. So, oh man, so fall of 2022, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, we'll be talking more about that later. But sure. I always like to start with uh, what was it that what was your journey into all this, this weird, um, the dog man, moth man, all the weird <laughs> stuff. What was it that led you down that road? Well, you know, to be honest with you, it was kind of predestined as weird as that might seem. Um, I've always been into cryptozoology. I've okay. always been into like science. I come from a scientific family. My mom's in the medical field. My mm. uncle's a meteorologist, you know, we all have our things. And, um, you know, I remember being, I was probably, I was probably 10 or 11 when I saw the Patterson-Gimlin film. Sure. And um, we had read some like article, I, I was I was in the sixth grade and we had read some article about how somebody had come out and it was proven that that this footage was a, was a hoax. And I'd never seen the film before. So I got online back um, in the, uh, you know, the dial-up days. the old Right, exactly. Devils. Yep. And uh, waited all night long with one of my friends for the PG film to load. That is so and then cool. I watched it and oh, I was man. like, how does anybody think that this isn't real? You know, right. so it, it blew my mind. And um, so I kind of started dabbling in cryptids then. Um, then kind of as I got older, I mean, in my, like my teenage years, I, I was really into it. I was like, well, I'm going to go to school for zoology. And then I'm mm. going to, you know, you have my zoology degree. And then I'm going to be a cryptozoologist. I'm going to go and, and hunt these things. Okay. Um, but weird stuff like the like the really kind of woo-woo stuff, like the Mothman wasn't my thing. Um, I was a big Mothman skeptic. I was very scientifically based. Um, you know, eventually I realized that um, I didn't live in a cor- in the correct area to go to school for zoology. I had to move to a big city with a with a zoo. And granted, I live in Dayton, Ohio, which is a big city. We don't have a zoo. Okay. Um, so I ended up going, I went to college for, um, criminal, I, I majored in criminal psychology and I was minoring in astrophysics because I didn't know what to pick. Um, but yeah, I was like, I I like both of these. I don't know. Um, eventually I dropped out, um, to raise my daughter. Um, I'm a, I'm a proud college dropout. And, um, so then I ended up doing other things. Actually, I got into marketing. Um, for I worked for Victoria's Secret for a couple of years yep. on the yep. marketing department. And um, while I was doing that, somebody had approached me and asked, hey, listen, I'm going to the Mothman Festival this year. Um, I'm taking a friend who's working on a Mothman documentary. Would you like to go and kind of be like, I know you're into like the cryptozoology thing, like you can be the cryptozoologist. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, so we went um, and, you know, long story short, I experienced this whole strange weekend in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, where, you know, things were very abnormal. And, uh, you know, me and the director really hit it off. And, you know, he kind of asked if I would, if I would help out in investigating. And, and as I started to dig deeper into this stuff, um, things just got even weirder. Um, so, you know, again, long story short, um, my perspective changed because of what I had learned and, um, here I am. (laughs) Wow. That, and what year was it that you had initially gone out to the Mothman festival? That was, uh, 2019. I I actually lived really close to Point Pleasant. I only lived two hours away. Oh, awesome. Um, Yeah. So, and then, you know, from there, I mean, eventually the, the original documentary I was working on, the the director just dropped the project, didn't want to do it anymore. And, uh. I decided this was something that I needed to do. And so I, I took on documentary filmmaking. So That is so cool. And I, so uh, how awesome it is that you, like you saw someone drop and you're like, nope, it's, it's not going away. This <laughs> <Yeah>. is, <laughs> I, you probably had done some 
you had some skin in the game already. You're yeah. like, no, I'm not, I'm not letting this get, get away. Yeah. But like you have started to have some really, that documentary is, it's going to be a very unique look at it. Oh yeah. Do you say? Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it is. And you know, it's been, uh, it's been slow going and I understand that because realistically I've been teasing this thing since the fall of 2019, Sure, but you know, it, that project wasn't mine. I didn't fully take over until probably the summer of 2020. And as we all know, we had been hit with the pandemic. Um, so, but I had had time at that point, you know, I had enough weird stuff happen to me personally where I was like, okay, there's something to this. Um, but then that kind of gave me the time to, uh, to, you know, network and talk to other people and really dive into the research more and just kind of sit with the numbers and really think about it. Um, Cause I do, I apply a lot of, a lot of the things that I learned with astrophysics, I apply it to what I'm doing. And mm. so, um, you know, this has given me the time to really sit and grapple with it. Um, now that restrictions are kind of, uh, you know, unloading, we're able to go out and film more and meet up with more people. Um, Cause I could have just done a small YouTube production. I mean, there was no reason why I couldn't, I had sure. the information, but this is big information and uh, I really want to take the Mothman story and make it, you know, present it as it is. There's so much misinformation out there about it. Um, you know, I want to really teach people. And so I want it to be big. So without maybe, and I don't want you to like give away the whole farm or sure. anything, you know what I mean? But like, mm -hmm. so explain, um, how is this documentary going to bring maybe a different light uh to to the topic you know rather than let's say uh elephant in the room let's say small town monsters has done a few sure. like, you know what 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 is the i'm sure there's a unique spin on this and uh would you mind sharing about that yeah definitely um that you sound like my mom right now she's like just, <laughs> other people make mothman documentaries isn't it been done um but Sorry. no it's okay no it's fine um no it's that's valid so a lot of people have just done a a retelling of the Point Pleasant thing and even like small town monsters as we as we just saw with their Lake Michigan Mothman, you know, documentary that they just they just put out there. Right. Um they're kind of starting to touch on the Chicago sightings and stuff like that. Um, you know, what I'm finding is that um names are really important to people. Okay. Terminology is really important to people. And when you think of the Mothman automatically, what do you think of? You think of 1966 Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And maybe sure. now you think of Chicago. Mm. But it's much larger than that. And, mm. you know, that's that's kind of what we're finding. Um, some of the eyewitness accounts that I've taken in from people, and this has just kind of been from, you know, I don't go out there and say, hey, have you seen Mothman? I go out there and say, hey, have you seen something strange? Has, has anything odd has that ever happened to you? And, uh, you know, like people come up to me and they tell me their, their stories about, um, you know, experiences with angels, which oddly enough, wow. what okay. do they look yeah. like? Dark sure. figures with strange red glowing eyes. They have mm. wings. It sounds like a Mothman to me. You Interesting know, and, twist on it for sure. And that's just one example of, of what this thing is. And it's been happening throughout time, throughout mankind, in all cultures everywhere. So... That's wow. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Um, so you started interviewing these, how did that, uh, I'm sure, you know, you start to interview certain people about their, their sightings and then you kind sure. of start to become known as the person. Did you see a progression of where, uh, people started to maybe like, Oh, I've got a Mothman story. I need to talk to Asher's or were you having to actively like 
pursue these witnesses? How is that? Um, well, because I had started in, mm -hmm. in this field, working on the documentary, I was kind of that person to begin with. And so, okay. I mean, the original documentary, that was kind of my thing. I was, I was supposed to make contact between the director and all these people at the sightings. So uh, I always okay. kind of was the person that people went to. Um, but, you know, in between that time, it's the Mothman phenomena has like spilled out and I've started investigating other things. And so mm. that's kind of, so I, I started off as the moth lady. I mean, <laughs> the moth lady, that's cool. <laughs> this should be on your business card for sure. The moth um, lady, yeah. So you're saying that uh, it, things are, are spilling out into to other yeah. topics. Is mm -hmm. that anything you can you can maybe share a little bit of or oh definitely yeah. um i mean i've been pretty public about it documentary okay, number okay. two has already been in the works um oh, snap. Which, you know that's because just because of all the places that we go and all the people that we talk to um sure. and it's just about areas of you know high concentrated areas of, of high strangeness ah. and um you know that's kind of you know we'll, we'll start looking at, at at a particular person and then go, hey, I think I've seen the Mothman. I'm like, oh, okay. Or, you know, whatever it is they describe. I saw a winged humanoid. And mm -hmm. um, we start talking to them and they start talking about other instances of, in their life where they have encountered something strange. Ooh. And then, you know, we kind of just start chasing the tail from there. And, you know, these people, I mean, you're talking, you know, constant UFO sightings. You're talking, um, some, some of these people have seen Bigfoot. They've seen Dogman. Wow. Um, you know, now... Could they just be people that are enthusiasts in the community and maybe they make up the stories? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, that's where that's why I say this was kind of predestined. That's where my uh, criminal psychology major. It's perfect. It is perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so oh, wow. I'm really good at talking to these people. Um, you know, my witnesses, they're not just people that I talk to once and it's one and done. I, I continue. I know these people's family. I know they're, you know, what they do for a living. I know them oh, personally. Yeah. And um, I have them tell me the stories over and over and over again. Um, so, you know, it really just depends. And then depending on where they're based off of, if we go to that location and then we start looking at other things that are happening in that location, then we have to start looking into, you know, the, the lore, the cultural lore behind oh, wow. that area and what else is there. Um, so it just kind of grows and grows and grows. Have you discovered new, uh, window, uh, new window areas is what it's called usually, right? Yeah. I mean, have I discovered them? No. Or I, I mean, but... you know, in like the cop, you imagine like the detective movies where it's like, wait, all these pins are in the, the same area. We can make a triangle around this, like <laughs> anything like, you know? <laughs> well, we did. So we had started, um, which other people had have done and I'm not yeah. going to get into that. Um, right. But we'd started to like map out these these instances. And, awesome. you know, one thing is for sure is that when you look at the map, um, the map of the United States, you see along the East Coast is filled mm. with all of these instances. Wow. The Midwest is filled with all of these instances. And then you get out to the central areas and it's kind of blank. And then you start getting out to the West Coast again. And it's also filled with all of these. instances. Def can you define central areas? Uh, So the central states, basically. Like Iowa? Memo. There's not a lot out here. I mean, there is, well, there is a little bit, but it's not like Bridgewater Triangle. You well, know, like... you, I mean, you guys have you guys have Sasquatch. You've got the Van Meter yeah, Visitor. True. You've got you've yeah. got hauntings like the uh, what is it, the Velisca Axe Murder oh, House. My goodness, like the Ghost Adventures episode. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> Zach Baggins is on the ground and he's yeah. like he's like 
bring this axe down on my face. Baggins, what are you kidding me? Come on, stop it. You're going to get an axe on your face. Anyways, love you, Zach. But yeah, so I mean, you know, when you get to the area, and some people will argue that it is because they're less populated areas, therefore less people, less sightings, right? And, um, you know, that that's a possibility. We haven't really found the correlation yet. But then w- what you find is that, you know, it's not just us doing it. There's other people that also do this. And, um, you know, they, they've mm. been mapping out these areas. And um, that's actually been kind of nice. You know, you start to think like, hey, maybe I'm onto something. Maybe I'm going to have the big breakthrough, you know, information. And then you find out, well, it's been right. done already. Um, but then you make friends and you network. And when you build yep, your team, exactly. it helps. So. Yeah, I mean, and the, I I want to say like the the group that we have, I mean, really, it's the group putting the group together. It, it's yeah. this really weird thing, but it's like, and it's all focused on helping out the other people, yeah. not saying I'm better or you're better, but hey, right. let's work together. I've got this info, you've got this info, and like, I think Clubhouse is a really good example of that. Well, when you have a team of scientists studying mm-hmm. something in a lab. It, that's the key word. You have a team. You don't have one scientist that's going to make a breakthrough discovery. You've right. got multiple that are working together because this guy specializes in this, but he needs information from this guy that specializes specializes in that. Totally. And you need that. You really need that in order for us to to pave the road for discovery. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you have had some. This is tricky because it's live. Um, there's an there's interviews that you've done and um geez i am blanking on her name um you know who i'm talking about though you've been able to talk to this particular person tanya derenberger yeah is that something you can share of uh, share about absolutely yeah yeah. um yeah i've been talking to tanya do you sorry Uh, do you mind sharing uh you know who that is for oh, people who that is. Well, audience, okay that's, that's a good know. point right um so tanya derenberger is the daughter of woodrow derenberger woodrow mm. derenberger is the man who had the lifelong friendship with injured cold injured sure. cold um what is allegedly an alien and he came down 10 days before the mothman sighting started about 30 miles away from point pleasant Perfect. and so it it kind of started as being maybe unrelated some people think it's related to each other there's some people that think that injured cold was the mothman there's some people Mm. that think that the mothman was a bounty hunter and is looking for injured it gets weird amazing (laughs) yeah i mean i would like to see it at least like in a a movie or something but no yeah i guess wait 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 the moth delorean (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) something like that i mean that's you know that's what people think and and i understand it is weird it is really coincidental and if you don't believe in that kind of thing you know that's another element to it but anyway um back to tanya so tanya is the surviving child of of woody he's you know he's passed away now this happened in the 60s um and tanya maintains that they still she still speaks with indrid she's very close with his family um her sons come and visit her still because they all grew up together and they're all good friends um Tanya doesn't speak to a lot of people is what I'm finding. Mm. And I didn't initially realize that actually I didn't realize it until I went and physically met with her. Now I had been talking with her for 
probably about the past year during the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of back and forth talking about all these things. And I finally sure. went and sat down with her and met her in person. I took my team with me. We all did it. We actually did it when the Mothman Festival was supposed to be taking place this year. Right. In 2021. Exactly. Yep. And, um, you know, and that was a very surreal experience um she told us exactly where she couldn't go with us tanya is disabled and okay. so it's, it's kind sure. of tough to get around but yep. she told us exactly where her dad met indrid we went and filmed the spot wow nobody's ever been there before no so way. that's cool yeah and so um you know we've gotten really close and so my and we were kind of talking about it on clubhouse the other night but you know my mm -hmm. kind of my thing with tanya is that it, it's a fantastical story the injured cold story is a very Oh, yeah. um you know even my uh my co-host for the documentary she's not very she's not very social <laughs> she's sweet but she's just she's a behind the scenes person anyway that's all right um she's very skeptical of the mothman stuff she okay. is a thousand percent on board for the injured cold stuff um there's just a lot in that story that it doesn't make any sense but for it to be true and so the thought with tanya is you know if i'm going to speak with indrid it's going to be through tanya and you know hopefully there's some trust building there that's been going on um and uh yeah so i mean yes talking with her like i said she says that they still speak um i have had other people come out and say that they've had um you know interactions with injured cold and i'll consult wow. tanya on it and um now granted tanya says that she doesn't know you know most of the time she doesn't know for sure but like certain things she'll say you know i've had somebody you know told me that he granted her some type of powers or something and she's like injured can't do that um you know so <laughs> people say some weird things yeah yeah um i i know we had this we had this uh conversation the other night as well yeah. but mm -hmm. i think it's a, it's a fun it's a fun chat for the listeners um sure. i want to ask you the question do you feel that as an investigator, you've gotten to the point where your story is now part of that story. You started as just investigating it, but now like, you know, when things overlap, has that happened or, or do you think yeah. there's still a disconnect? You know, well, and I'm going to say it's, it's definitely very, very personal to me. Sure. I did not realize that I have seen the Mothman until I was investigating the mothman really and i just thought that i had some weird spooky supernatural experience but i saw the mothman back in 2016 no way and it was really late at night i was at a friend's house i was trying to sleep and in the corner of her room she had this big like tv stand and on top of the tv stand some shape starts forming and it starts kind of looming out over top of the whole room oh, and it you know, at first I was like, Are there, what is that arms? What's going on? And then I noted it's wings. And I, there, there was the big red eyes. Now I had no idea. Again, I didn't know that that's what this was yeah. um, at the time. You know, right, I right. wasn't into this. Like I was definitely, I was a, I was a paranormal skeptic. I mean, I didn't believe in anything that wasn't flesh and blood and I couldn't prove with science. Sure. And um, so even back then I was like, well, this is weird. I immediately got up. I woke up my friend. I'm like, Hey, I'm freaking out. <laughs> um she was like go she's like whatever we'll hang out you know well, you're weird yeah, yeah and uh anyway and then i thought about it later because somebody else had had a very similar experience to mine and it kind of triggered in my head and i was like oh, you know wow. what that makes sense now when i investigate mothman sightings um you know a lot of people have this idea that mothman is some type of harbinger of doom 
Sure. And um, I don't say that. I say that I think Mothman is a harbinger of growth. Ooh, and I think I like that. that, well, because a lot of people that, that see this thing, it's very personal to them and it ends up being very life altering. And when I think about, um, even like with, with the bridge, let's just say it is connected to the bridge collapse at all. Well, what happened when that bridge collapsed? Um, it changed how they constructed bridges. It was a big pivotal movement for architecture, for the way that they designed these things. So it ended up being a positive, but it had to get really bad before it got better. I was going to say, that's a hard pill to give to, to someone who's, <laughs> I mean, and let's be serious, whose relatives may have passed away in that, that definitely collapse, right definitely definitely I mean, that's tough yeah definitely but i mean yeah. what's worse worshiping the monster that that they Ooh. think destroyed you know their lives i mean it's yeah. it's bad either way it's not a good situation a bridge collapse and those people died i mean that's true yeah you know that's but crazy. when i think about it with the timeline of my own life it it makes a lot of sense in 2016 that's when mm. i had started working my marketing job um, and then things kind of just changed. A lot of things had changed for me at that time. And then I ended up here. And what's weird is that, again, all of the things that I have been studying, all of the things that I've been learning up until this point helped me. My marketing, wow. my criminal psychology, and my astrophysics are all extremely pivotal to my career. So now. cool. So cool. <laughs> I think that uh, I'm going to put in a question here. We got sure. Jordan says, hey, question, does injured cold feature heavily in your Mothman doc? Um, so initially we were, of course, we're going to put it in there. Um, but you know, once, uh, and just kind of talking about it and we might touch on it a little bit because sure. I don't believe that injured cold and the Mothman are related at all. Um, mm. you know, I, I don't think that they have any type of ties together. And so, you know, I might touch on that and why, and why I think that, but, um, if I ever do a documentary on Indrid, which I have considered um, doing one, I want Tanya heavily involved. But, you know, again, I'm an investigator first. I'm an entertainer second. Um, right. I don't want to compromise her trust. I don't want to invalidate her experiences yeah. or anybody else's for that matter. So right now um, it's, you know, I'll talk about it briefly. We'll talk about some of the things that I do on the show sometimes and, and things like that. But um, I don't plan on making it a big to do. Yeah, that's a that's a tricky one because it's like um, I don't know if there's been any documentaries on injured cold. Have no. there? No, mm -hmm. no. He's mentioned, like I said, with the Mothman stuff. Before, right. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, there's not really been a big one. Um, it's a really weird thing. I mean, it's not you know, it's weird because it's kind of. To me, this is like the smoking gun of extraterrestrial yeah, life totally. because there's so much to it that we can't, you can't really disprove things, but there's a lot to it that really doesn't make a lot of sense and that does give credibility to the story. And, um, you know, I, I'm shocked that more people don't know about it. So I definitely want more people to know the story of Injured Cold and I, I want to oh, yeah. deliver it to them. Um, I just have to do it in a timely manner because, and like we had kind of talked about the other day on Clubhouse, yep. I have to decide at this point, do I believe in this story? Because if I do, then that means it's a very real possibility that I'll meet injured cold. And that's yeah, when things totally kind of get weird. Boy, so. <laughs> Your mind just go, holy mackerel, that'd be wacky. Yeah, I, as in, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, it would be very, wild. very be cool. Wild. But truth be told, and you know, a lot of people think this is hilarious. I'm scared. I'm terrified of aliens. I want to meet them, but I'm terrified of them. <laughs> Even like ET. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, ET is cool, yeah. I guess. But like, 
you know, just the, like thinking of, I, of course, I believe in that, that there, there's life out there. It's impossible that there isn't um, an intelligent life, but that, I mean, I still think it would be impossible that there isn't. Um, yeah. But it's, it's still a very scary concept to me because I'm just a human person. It's a crazy concept for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, there was a, the rash of Bigfoot sightings in Ohio yeah. uh, a while back. You, you kind of started to get involved with that a little bit, right? Yeah. We're still, yeah. um, very much going to be, you know, doing an investigation in that area. Um, what's weird about that area is that it is, um, it's got a lot of weird, it's one of those concentrated areas of high strangeness um okay. it's uh cuyahoga national park okay i think whatever it is big nature reserve up there um we have over 250 reported bigfoot sightings in that area and that's a lot that's wow. a lot that's wild and um you know that's also near the area where we've had these these bigfoot sightings recently um or i guess not recently it's been a couple of months where kind of publicly it's been it's been coming out anyway um, but located in that area is a little place nicknamed Helltown hmm. and they call it Helltown. I, well, I don't know why exactly it's an abandoned town. It was abandoned back in oh, the seventies. A lot of oh, people think right. it's creepy. It was yeah. abandoned back in the seventies. The government bought it and kicked everybody off the land. They said they wanted to make it a part of the Cuyahoga nature reserve. Oh, come and on. Air quotes. Like, <laughs> yeah, why did they buy and kick it over? So, well, yeah. I have a very somehow. Okay, no, this is this comes back to Mothman, and okay. it's gonna be crazy. Right. Awesome. Um, okay, so Helltown's been kind of a local legend, right? All the kids go there again. It's a weird abandoned town. People claim there's you know Satanists there. Every weird place there's Satanists allegedly, um, but there's yeah, right. Satanists there. Um, you know, there's ghosts and and in Sasquatch and everything is there. Um, mm -hmm. And anyway, so yeah, they did. They abandoned this town. Oh, Travel Channel did a mockumentary on it. That's what made it really big. And uh, their mockumentary stated that there was a Wendigo and that some girl, some kids filmed themselves what? being attacked by a Wendigo. Yeah, it was yeah terrible. But you're saying that is a mockumentary. So That's a mockumentary. Okay, There's right. most likely, I'm yeah. going to say, no Wendigo up there. But there is yeah. weird stuff. Um, okay. So one of the first before i was the the director of the documentary um one mm. of the first people i just got on my facebook one day and was like hey has anybody seen the mothman and one of my old co-workers gets a hold of me and she says yes actually i have seen it my mom's seen it also oh, wow. i'm like okay so i go and i sit and I, I talk with her and i talk with her mom they tell me their stories very interesting stuff um her mom's seen it a couple times and uh but her mom goes, have you heard of Helltown? And I had heard of Helltown because before I got in all this stuff, um, as, as a youngin, we used to go joyriding, you know, and, and do bad, you know, youngin people things. Yeah, well, and, I mean, uh, what you do, right? Right. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's Ohio. There's nothing else. So, um, exactly. you know, and we used to go to like, you know, spooky roads and haunted abandoned oh, places. Yeah. And stuff. So we've been to Helltown before. Nothing really happened. And we left. It was creepy, but we left. Okay. Um, but you know, she's like, have you heard of Helltown? I've got this friend. She was like, you need to hear his story. And I'm like, okay. She's like, I'm going to invite him over. I'm going to invite you over and we're just going to hang out. And I'm like, okay. So I go to their house and we had a cookout and it was interesting. I, I meet this guy. Nice. Um, and you know, turns out he was one of the park rangers during the time Ooh, that the town snap. was abandoned or everybody was kicked out. Yeah. So, you know, we're all just kind of hanging out after dinner doing nothing. And uh, she goes, the mom goes and looks at him and she's like, hey, tell her the story. 
And he, I mean, he just kind of, you know, he stopped and he's like looking around. He knew exactly what she was talking about. Is she cool enough to hear the story? That kind of, yeah. And she's like, he's like, what story? And she's like, you know what story? Just tell. And he's like, oh, okay. So, um, you know, he does. He tells me the story. He says, I was a park ranger at the time. He said, um, during that time, they really wanted the rangers to, um, you know, go through the town. Town itself is called Boston, Ohio. Um, he wanted them to go okay, through Boston because Mothman 46 was like formerly yeah. Boston. Okay, yeah, it is. Okay. So he wanted them to go through Boston, Ohio and, um, you know, make sure that people weren't vandalizing the area. They were concerned about fires because people were, um, I'm sorry, they were angry. Um, I'm trying to be adult, but <laughs> I'm not going to kick you out. <laughs> Have you heard my show? I appreciate it though. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so, um, you know, so he's anyway, he's patrolling the area and he's just outside of Boston. He's not actually in the town itself. He's in the park itself. Okay. And uh, he comes upon a giant fence, giant fence. And uh, he kind of scopes the area and the fence is like miles. And he's like trying to figure out what is going on. So he oh, finds weird. like a part of the fence that has a clearing to it. And he can see in the center and what's kind of happening. And it's not like, you know, and he was explaining it better than I could. I wish he would, I could record him talking about it, but he won't. Um, and I, I hate when people say that, but I but can he's cool that. with this story being shared, right? I, I, yeah, but he doesn't want any identifying. Oh, that's, that's true. He, does, no he doesn't ID want to, to share guy. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I got you. Okay, cool. cool. So he says that anyway, um, there's a lot of commotion and stuff going on, yeah, yeah. weird lights, and he finally sees what's happening. And what he sees is he says men, military looking men dressed oh, up, no. standing kind of in a circle around this thing. Oh, and he boy. said, the only way I can describe this thing to you is that it looked like Jeepers Creepers. Oh, and he said, I don't know why, but I felt like the men were being attacked by this thing mentally. And he, he said maybe electrically. Sorry, um, sorry. Can you? So okay. I am like, I tap out at signs, mm-hmm. the movie. Um, can you explain to myself and some listeners what the Jeepers Creepers creature looks like? Yeah, the the okay. the the creature from Jeepers Creepers is basically a humanoid, a winged humanoid. Okay, thank you. And okay. you know that's and that's what it looks like. So I'm like, oh, very interesting. That's how he described it. Looked like Jeepers Creepers. Okay. Um, and he left and then he quit and he never went back again, never worked for the wow. parks ever again. Um, would hardly talk about it. Now, again, during that time, I was just kind of becoming fresh to the idea of this thing maybe possibly existing somehow. Um, but I got in my car and I was, I was absolutely terrified. I called the director. I was like, you know what? I have a child. <laughs> I have yeah, a real right. person job. I think yeah. that I just found out something that I'm not supposed to know. And I'm scared, you know, because then, you know, and I kind of mentioned the other night, it's one of those things. You either believe that people get taken out by the government or you don't, you know, you either believe that these things are real or you don't. Um, and that was kind yeah. of the weird line that I had to decide, you know, at, no matter how weird it gets, do I stay in it? Mm. um because mm-hmm. you know what the thing is is that the guy's story could be fake it could be fake i've now talked about it publicly for the past two years and i'm still here and you're so. still alive so <laughs> <laughs> wow but it's interesting nonetheless so we're going up there anyway because of the, it's just another area of all this high strangeness but mm. as far as sasquatch goes we're going up there to conduct we've got a very cool experiments that we want to do with trail cams and I, oh, I can't awesome. say too much about it, but yeah, I'm sure. super excited. 
um, because it's it's going to be a lot of fun. So that is on the radar too. Awesome. Oh, that's exciting. I can't wait, wait to hear more about that in the future. It'll be fun, but it's winter time now. So we don't usually do much. That's right? true. That's true. Although down in Missouri right now, they're having tornadoes. Uh, we are supposed to have tornadoes yeah. tonight, actually, even though yeah, it's Ohio in the winter. Yeah. Cross. But... Hopefully you guys are, are good. Thank Definitely. <laughs> Keep rocking. Uh, let's see. Oh, Mothman 46 says, Hey, park at Brandywine, Brandywine Falls and walk the trail straight in. So there you go. Appreciate it. <laughs> MM46 knows how to get to, to Helltown. It sounds like mm -hmm. that sounds that has like very Stranger Things vibes to it. That it, story, like extremely weird. I mean, it's not weird. You know, what we find out is that, you know, it's not weird for, um, for the government to buy up these small towns and and kind of make them into something else for profit mm. or tourism or whatever and yeah. it makes sense but what didn't make sense was that this it wasn't a dying town it was doing well um and it is the oldest county in ohio it's historical so it was really weird for them to go that route um but okay. i can't say that it's something supernatural i i can't say that confidently um, but there is some things about it that don't make a lot of sense. So we'll see. Hmm. That's very interesting. You're, there was a while there, your name, uh, for some reason in my head is, is constantly, um, associated with like Dogman and, yeah. uh, LBL. Is that just me going nuts or is that like, is that for a good reason? No, it's, it is for a good reason. Okay. Um, LBL, Dogman was Okay, I'm going to say this. I don't pick the things that I investigate. They pick me. <laughs> Ooh, can you explain that? That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, things that, of course, it started off as a Mothman thing, um, mm -hmm. you know, and that's where that's where it started. But then, like I said, you kind of start talking to people and then yeah. things get brought to your attention. Um, you know, Dogman phenomena is not something that I ever really subscribe to. You know, of all the ideas, I'm like, that's just asinine. It doesn't make any sense. Um <laughs> Uh, and, uh, biologically speaking it doesn't make any sense and no, you know i'm like that's just it's just bigfoot and people are mistaking it for a big dog i don't know well um, <laughs> whoa <laughs> no it's cool but um if if that's bigfoot then i'm never looking for bigfoot because <laughs> dogman freaks me out like they're scary yeah they're scary. scary stuff um we had even done i mean even as far like i will share that like we did an episode on the podcast about dogman and pat and i both concluded it was not real and um mm. you know it was just kind of a an urban legend um but since then my mind is definitely swayed um really because okay. i've had people share their stories with me um so the first person that ever really uh, you know shared a story with me is ryan Tremblay. shared his dogman experience with me Sure. And Ryan is another cryptozoologist. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, you know, I, I trust him. I never had a reason not to trust the guy at that point, you know. Um, and I and I heard his story and I heard it told multiple times. Um, I had him come on the show. He told a story on the show. I went and I searched him out. I heard him tell his story on other shows just to kind of, you know, you do that with your with your witnesses. Right. Um, you know, and then uh, he introduced me to Roy Stubblefield. And I don't know if you've ever heard of that guy. Um, uh, vaguely but, familiar. Yeah, well, we've had ahead. Roy on the show and okay. Roy tells his story. And let me tell you, it is terrifying. Really? I mean, I don't, I can't tell you. Roy has had a lifelong PTSD. He's had his dogman oh, encounter in the 80s in um, Louisiana. 
And, you know, his story is extremely, just as an anecdotal thing, extremely convincing. Roy's not a storyteller. He's not an artist at all. Um, He's not one of those people. It doesn't make sense for him to make up this fantastical story about something that doesn't even align with his interests. Um, You know, and that was interesting. But still, even still, I'm like, "Mm, you know what? This is kind of weird. We have a local dog man. We have confirmation. Jonathan Dodd says Roy's story is so scary. So well, and he was he was on our show. I mean, so listen to the Roy Stubblefield episode totally, on Wednesday's totally. because it's it's wild. Um, but uh, you know, so we have a local dog man. It's the Beast of Butter Street in Germantown, Ohio. It's probably really oh, I never heard of this away. one. Okay, um, and yeah, and uh, you know, I had heard. I, that's the first time I had heard about Dog Man was I heard because it it lurks in an area that I'm very familiar with. Again. Back in my cool kid days of joyriding, I used to hang out in this area with my friends. And this area is weird. Like, we're almost positive that we saw somebody dump a dead body out there one day and had to call the police. It was oh, it was geez. insane, yeah. And, um, you know, but all kinds of stuff. I always grew up hearing, you know, of course, Satanists. And uh, the, the Defiance Werewolf is another one. Um, you know, we've always heard Satanists, ghosts, ghost lights, Bigfoot, you know, everything out in this area. So Crazy. anyway, um, so as I'm kind of just doing my own thing, Dogman keeps approaching. It keeps kind of becoming a thing in my life. Wow. Um, then this guy came out and uh, his name's Roger. And he claims that he was the surviving witness to the LBL massacre, the Land Between the Lakes massacre. And if you don't know what that is, allegedly in the 1980s, a family was massacred by a dogman. And uh, so Roger comes out, he starts telling a story and I don't believe him immediately. I'm like, I don't, I don't buy this guy's story. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, I still don't think that I do. Um, mm. You know, I don't know if I believe the LBL massacre story in general. Um, we've been scoping newspapers for that whole area through every single year, every single week in the eighties and can't find anything that matches up to a family going missing. Oh, wow. Or okay. anything like that. So I'm like, okay, well, this is just the, you know, it's just the tale. Mm. Um, you know, but other weird things had started happening. So I decided to Google one day, you know, where is the LBL compared to me? Like, how far away is it? Sure. Um, and it's two hours. So I'm like, well, cool. We can go there anytime we want. Um, but I noticed on the graph on Google Maps, it gives you like a graph that tells you how busy it is at any given time. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so you're where you are at in that point in time that you're looking at it, you're highlighted in pink. And then the rest of the graph is blue and it's up and down or whatever, depending on the time of day. When I looked at it initially, I was looking at it. It was sometime, it was probably about 1230 midnight. um, And the graph had it as all the way full, completely busy. And and none of the other things were full. At at midnight? At midnight. What? Yeah. And I'm like. Oh, that's weird. That's weird, but glitches happen, technology and, you know, whatever, yeah, this and that. Yeah. So I didn't think, I didn't think anything of it like that, um, except when I was telling my research partner about it, um, and she's like my big historian. She's great at that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I was telling her about it and she's like, well, where is it? And I was like, well, I'll, let's pull it up on Google maps. I'll show you. It's about two hours away. And we, we pull it up and, um, you know, it, it also showed again that it was extremely busy at that time. And That's I'm weird. like. Hmm. That's weird. So I'm like, well, how do they get those numbers? Where do they get those numbers from? Mm-hmm. Come to find out, Google uses cell phone towers to get those. They ping your cell phone, and that's how they Isn't know 
how busy an area is at any given point in time. So okay. what is going on there between midnight and 1 a.m. that's causing that reaction to happen? Hmm. But what I found is that it's not everybody's phone. It's not always just my phone. Like that night, her phone said it was super busy. Mine did not. Um, and when it's and sometimes it will be like two o'clock in the afternoon and I'll look at it and it'll say that I'm highlighted between midnight and 1 a.m but it's two and it, it mm. was just weird. It was weird. Yeah, that's and weird. I'm like, you know, the, okay, this is strange. So we start kind of digging into the lore a little bit. Of course, there's native American ties to a dog like creature there. Oh, um, really? oh, wow. Other things, you know, when I was looking at missing persons, they found the dead, they found two dead bodies in the same day, or I'm sorry, the same week. The two dead bodies were both from Oregon, the state mm. and LBLs in Kentucky. They right. didn't know each other. So that was kind of, you know, does that mean anything? It might not, but it is weird that you had two people from the same state turn up, not go missing yeah. at the same time, but turn up at the same time. You know, there's a lot of weird stuff. So then actually I go to CryptidCon this year. Awesome. Yep. And I meet up with uh, Jesse and Joe from Helden oh, Holler. Helden Holler. Yeah, those guys and are great. Yep. People keep telling me to talk to them because they've been there and oh, I yeah, haven't gotten yeah. a chance to go. Um, so we do, we spend a lot of time talking about it and we started talking about Roger and Joe's like, you know what? He's like, I can't tell you if Roger's story is real or not. He said, I've got my own gripes with him, but what I can tell you is that I have the coordinates to allegedly where that massacre took place. And Roger describes it to a T. No way. Yeah. That's and yeah. And so I'm like, you know what? I really want to prove that this thing is not real, Mm -hmm. but I can't, (laughs) I can't. And so I've really been entertaining the idea of, well, maybe there's something. And at minimum, maybe there's at least another concentrated area of high strangeness that we need to look into. And oh, totally. Going on there, so. Totally, yeah. So do <laughs> you think that in the future that might be a, a potential uh, a documentary for you? Or Yeah, yeah maybe. probably. I mean, yeah. if, if we find enough, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we'll at least talk about it in, in the second documentary a little bit and touch on some of the, I mean, we found other stuff too. I just, I don't want to share. I want to give away. No, I, I think that <laughs> you have given more than enough for people sure. to want to be like, I'm watching that documentary next fall for sure. So I appreciate you spilling a little bit. Um, that, that is really, really cool. I like asking everyone that comes on the show a few things. Um, personally what do you feel bigfoot is i very much subscribe to a flesh and blood creature um you know a relic hominid undiscovered species of ape um Mm -hmm. i i do think that that there is something out there and i think that especially in north america where we have a majority of the sightings of this thing um i think there's plenty of space for these things to live off of and very small populations um you know so i I, like i said i I very much believe in this idea that it is an animal um however i think that some of the stories that people tell about a type of interdimensional weirdness i i don't think that those are inaccurate i Mm can see where there's a bigfoot ufo connection sometimes i can see where people get this kind of ghostly sasquatch walking around but i don't think that those are bigfoot i think that those are something different really that's interesting yeah 
<laughs> yeah, it's always uh, those stories of like the Chestnut Ridge area yeah. in Pennsylvania where it's like, there was a UFO thing. Oh, hey, then there's a Bigfoot sighting. Yeah. It's like, At the how same do time. you explain that away? I Right. But it's, I don't think yeah. that's the same thing. Like Patty, I think Patty's, I, I, first of all, I think Patty was real. I think that was a thousand percent legitimate creature yeah. that we saw walking on that camera. And I think that that's an animal. And, you know, that's what I think. Do I think that they're some type of people? No. Do I think that they're intelligent? Yes. Hmm. That, that is cool. Uh, I agree with you. I think that the whole uh, Patterson Gimlin uh, film is real as well. Um, it's just, it's, it's wild. It is someday I hope to get out there and Tate's going to be too. watching this and he's like, I've tried to get you out there 20,000 times, buddy. And I was like, don't worry. It's coming someday. Buddy. <laughs> um, is there, how about this? Um, think of the whole gamut of cryptids. Sure. Uh, what cryptid do you think has the most chance of being or being, uh, could we say, accepted by science? Um, well, that's, I mean, yeah, it's a tricky one. It is a tricky one. Um, you know, what I say is of all the cryptids out there, mm -hmm. I think that the most credible are ones that can swim and ones that can fly. I like that, yeah. And okay. so I think that those types of things are probably going to be more easily acceptable to mainstream science. Okay. Um, you know, I think that, well, just in, in 2020, we discovered a new species of beaked whale. And yep. Yep. not a lot of people know that. Well, why not? You know, why, why don't more people know that or put more stock into that? Um, you know, another one that I like to bring up a lot to people is the colossal squid. Mm. We've never seen it alive. I think once, I think we've caught it on video one time, a colossal, a giant squid. We've caught a couple of times now, right, right. Up. but the colossal squid became a huge breakthrough. I think in 2006, when we finally found a complete corpse, um, you know, until that point it was based, I mean, it was a cryptid in itself. You'd have tentacles mm. wash up on shore and they just be like, I don't know, you know, it's That's crazy. Know, yeah. Tentacle from nowhere, you know, it's weird. Um, but you know, I, but we just kind of, nobody really looked at it as, Oh, this was cryptozoology. And it was, <laughs> it very much was. And people just kind of overlooked it. And still to this day, it's just something that's not really talked about. Um, I'm a big Megalodon supporter. I think it's still, I would like to believe that the Megalodon is still out there. And, um, yeah. you know, a lot of people are like, well, it's not scientifically possible, but we have a 50 foot squid out there. Why can't a 50 foot shark be out there? Um, I'm just saying, but. I, I don't want it to be out there. I'll, I'll tell you that, but like it totally could be. Yeah, I agree. Why with you. couldn't it be? We yeah. cannot be every single place at once. We just can't yep. be. And, uh, you know, especially not somewhere like the ocean. Yes, we go and mm -hmm. study the ocean. We know a lot about it. Um, we can DNA test it and do all this, all these amazing things to the water and try to see what we know. Um, but again, we can't be there 24 seven all the time, covering every no. square inch constantly. Not a chance. It's just not, not possible. Um, so I think that those types of things, um, but I, I think even like lake monsters, you know, I, as much as I'd like to believe that, that Nessie is a plesiosaur, it's most likely a giant eel. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, yep. if it did come out that there were giant eels, you know, in Loch Ness, then we would all just be like, oh, okay. Instead of being like, oh my God, we just discovered Nessie, you know, and right, exactly. as weird as that is. So anyway, that's what I think. Yeah, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, of uh, thinking of all the evidence over the years and 
uh, you can define that how you will, but um, what do you feel is the most uh, or the, the top evidence for Bigfoot in your personal opinion? That um, you, enjoy? That, you know, definitely the, um, d- definitely the Patterson Gimlin film, um, you know, as far as that uh, video evidence goes, um, you know, that's the top, top, I, you know, I still see people all the time argue about it and they were like, Oh no, it's, it's definitely fake. Um, recreate it then. I'll recreate yeah. it. I'll put the money into making a suit and re- listen. If you can recreate, right. if we can recreate it, let's do this because that would be big. Um, oh yeah, can. totally. Yeah, nobody uh, can not with the technology at the time. That's the yeah. it's the wildest thing. Like I think we could have all the money in the world, mm-hmm. and we couldn't do it. And we couldn't do it. Exactly. And uh, so I think that's good. One of the newest uh, piece of evidence that I've seen that I really, really like is the Independence Day footage. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. The Discord. Um, yeah. But that's, um, it's, it's, to me, that's amazing. And I, I don't know how more people don't know about that. I don't know why it's not as big as right. the Patty footage. Exactly. Um, because it looks just like her. And, you know, and then, again, it's one of those things like, sure, in this day and age, yes, we could recreate that suit you know, with the technology we have now, but nobody's ever come forward. Nobody's ever claimed it. We don't know where it came from. It's very mysterious. Um, I think it could be genuine. Um, and then of course I, I do think, and uh, it's, I'm going to get mixed views here on this. Um, I do think that the Erickson project was a big deal and not because I think I agree with everything. And if you don't know what that is, that is the Bigfoot DNA genome sequencing that they did back, I think, started in oh, like yeah, sure. five. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, and it's not because I agree with every single thing that that Melba Ketchum puts out there or anybody mm-hmm. that was involved in it. Um, it's because that was our first big shot at applying mainstream science to Bigfoot. And I would love to see more of that. I would love to see that recreated. It's hard because yeah, funds sure. aren't available. Um, but I would like to see that tested again. I would like to see somebody do it again. And I'm glad that it's been done. Um, now let's keep doing stuff like that. So. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. It's definitely one of the first uh, times that there was like a very large uh, scientific undertaking yeah. towards that. And I feel that, oh man, people are starting yeah. to get ready to type <laughs> and type an email out to bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And I say, mm-hmm. bring it on. But the thing that I want to tag onto it is that uh, it'll be interesting to see where Sasquatch Legend meets Science Two, right? All the stuff they bring in as well, because it's gonna be man. That yeah. documentary is going to rock. Oh yeah. When I was able to to talk uh, to man, that was just a very. Uh-huh. It's gonna be a great documentary. So it's, I can't it is wait. It's very to see exciting to see that, and you know yeah. that's what I tell people. As much as I, I don't like to say that anything is impossible, and I don't. I am very much a person of science, and I, I think that, I think that everything can be proven with science. Mm. I just think that we do not currently have the science. Doesn't mean we won't. I agree. It just yeah. means that yeah. we need to start looking at it in a very scientific way and exploring it, not with classical science but with something new that we haven't done before that hasn't been able to yield results and, and cryptozoology, ufology, the paranormal, all of it. Um, you know, and that's, that's my push. That's my soapbox is that's what I want is for us to be finally, you know, taken out of this category of, of woo woo, you know, to stop being the weird, we're, we're the weird uncle of the science world. You know what I mean? We, no, and, totally right. Totally right. And, and get us, you know, to finally start having people look at this seriously. 
and people are someday someday um so you've already mentioned yourself like you like to read a lot i read a lot do you have any uh so i guess that i'm gonna do this two different ways first way is uh what are you currently reading um well right now i am not reading anything <laughs> Nice. Um, so it's the holiday season. Um, it is, oh, pretty yes, crazy. For sure. um, but yeah. I am, I am finally getting ready to read uh, Ron Moorhead's quantum Bigfoot. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. I haven't read it yet. So uh, that <laughs> yeah. was my, my most recent buy. I got it at Crypticon. I'm super excited. Um, I was so going to say, yeah. yeah did you get to, to chat with him at all down there? I, yeah, I did. Um, oh, cool. it, actually, yeah, we had a great conversation. He's a great guy. Um, mm -hmm. you know, su super nice, but yeah, we, we got to talk a little bit. Um, but it was kind of a, you know, we were trying to film and, and of course just seeing yeah, everybody and it was just, it, it, we needed another day there. So <laughs> that's what, uh, when, I think that came up a, a few times in our, the yeah. recap uh, episode that yeah. we did is like, and really it does, I haven't gone yet. I'm going next year, but it really sounds like it needs another day. There's just, there's so many people sure. to talk to. There's so much to do and so much to see, but, uh, but no, I, I talked to Ron. He's a, he's a good guy. I mean, right now I'm, I'm writing. So there's going to be, I guess I don't mention that a lot. There's going to be a, a, a companion book to go with the Mothman documentary. Ashers, this is, yeah. that's really, really, I've never heard you talk about this before. Really? I don't talk about no. it enough. It's a weird, I've never really written before. Um, okay. I mean, I was an edgy teenager. So like, of course I've got some terrible poetry or something shoved away somewhere, but you know, um, yeah, there is, there's going to be a, a companion book to go with the, with the documentary. Um, that's awesome. There's too much. <laughs> so. Oh, that is so cool. I am really uh, that's exciting news because there's not enough uh, good books in in the field, and um, right. yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about that for sure. Uh, what uh, plan to be released around the same time as the documentary? Or... I am really, really pushing to get it out by the spring. Um, oh, cool! And so I'm trying to have it come out before and kind of have have it be a little bit of a teaser. Um, you won't need one to enjoy the other. So you okay. won't need to buy the book to enjoy the documentary and, and vice versa. Um, you know, but it will go more in depth about certain things and events and, and things like that. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm pushing, I'm, I'm trying hard. All of my free time has been spent. If I have free time at all, um, trying to write. So <laughs> that's, uh, oh boy, I do everything <laughs> you do. And I respect you for it. The, 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 you have extremely uh, large goals, and I, I know you are going to be able to achieve those goals as yeah. well. Um, for people, uh, I always like asking for recommendations. And sure. let's say, you know, we can take any, uh, we can say cryptozoology, 14, or what are what are some books in those fields that people should have in on their bookshelves? Um well, you know, it just depends. So if you're into cryptozoology, um, I always recommend uh, Lauren Coleman's A to Z cryptozoology, cryptozoology A to Z. Mm -hmm. um, that's a staple book everybody has to have. Um, if you're really looking into the more kind of woo-woo stuff, um, I recommend John Keel. Um, and don't, you know, you can do the, you can do the Mothman prophecies. You can start there um, and not really take a lot of stock into it. But I always recommend people check out the Eighth Tower first by John Keel because it, the ape ape tower the, the eighth 
tower. Oh, eighth tower. Eighth I was like, tower. I want to, I want to read the tower. ape tower too. That would be awesome. Okay. You know, get, get into that. <laughs> um, you know, because that really explores a lot of the concepts that he talks about in a lot of his other writings and he's okay. written so many books. Um, but what I tell people that are really just now getting started, go find your local book. I started mm. off with a weird Ohio book about yep. my local legends and things like that. And I can't recommend those books enough to people about your own state, your own area, your own ghost stories, you know, start in your own backyard. That way you can really get out there and get a feel for things out, you know, in, in, in the real world and make it real. Totally. I love that. Yeah. Like the good, that weird USA series is, is good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, definitely. Find the equivalent for your mm -hmm. area. Um, and I could tag on to that, like find out the weird legends, the weird cryptids in your area. And then, you know, yeah, see if there's books written about it. Oh yeah. Become the expert. If, mm -hmm. if there's not a book about it, why not write, write the book, you know, mm -hmm. become exactly. the person. So, yep. oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, wow. Uh, Asher's, this has been extremely awesome. I'm glad that I finally was able to uh well i guess it's it's on me i was able to ask you to come on i <laughs> asked you a long time ago but uh we've had some really good uh questions from the audience sure. uh mothman 46 is being uh he's being uh mothman crazy. 46 he's being a crazy dude <laughs> <laughs> but uh thank you so much for for coming sure. on um do you mind uh sharing with people listening to this on the uh podcast in the audience uh, what are ways they can keep up to date with what uh, you are doing and uh, what's coming down the road in the future? Yeah, I mean, you can pretty much find me on any social media platform. Um, okay. You can find me on Facebook, Ashley Hilt. I'm the one with the red hair. Mm -hmm. um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at It's Ashers. I'm, again, also the one with the red hair. Right. Um, and then, of course, my podcast on Wednesdays, We Talk Weird, where we talk weird every Wednesday. Um, and, uh, I, I'd say that those are the major, you know, the major areas If you need to reach out to me in somewhere obscure, like IMDB or whatever. I mean, I'm there if you look, but. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh that's fun. That's fun. Yeah, if you want to go right. to my Senga, I mean, it's there, but I don't use it. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, she's usually hanging out with us on, on, uh, Clubhouse. So if you want to, everyone listening to this should really join Clubhouse because oh, yeah. uh, it's a good way to have some discussions and uh, make some connections some uh, with other people that might have information that you need in your research. So, uh, and also Mothman46 says, hey, say hello to Pado. Uh, we're all we're all pushing good vibes uh, Pado's way um, road to recovery. So Appreciate it. Appreciate him. But uh, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, thank you all for hanging out in the live audience. And have a great rest of your night, all. Thanks for taking your time out of your busy day and spending some time with us. Uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Leave a review on iTunes, uh, Stitcher and uh, your preferred podcast platform. And uh, if you have any stories, you can give us an email at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And again, check out the articles we have and more preferred book lists at bigfootsocietypodcast.com. You can always go to Instagram at Bigfoot Society. And we have a TikTok now. It gets pretty crazy there. Bigfoot.society Bigfoot at Bigfoot.society. 
If you'd like to support the Bigfoot Society podcast and help us keep the lights on, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. And for a low cost per month, you can get your very own Bigfoot Society membership card in the mail. We'll see you there. Thanks again for taking your time listening to the Bigfoot Society podcast. We'll see you next week. Uh, Next Saturday will be a new episode. And also, if you want to take part in the live taping of the episode and put your questions in there for the guest, just remember, subscribe to the Bigfoot Society YouTube channel and hit the bell so you don't miss out on any of those episodes. Thanks again, all, and we'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you.